0: Well, good morning again. Um, again, my name is Jessica. Um, I absolutely love doing kids' ministry. And this morning, i uh, been invited to talk to you a little bit about Jonah um, and start uh, finishing up this story that, you know, we're seven months. It feels like you've been here for a while. So, um, but it's been great. And we were having a lot of fun getting this whole family ministry piece put together. Um, so I'm excited that we actually get to, to teach a little bit today. So, um, So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Jess, big question. Okay. Has there ever been a time you did something that you didn't want to do and you did it anyway?
0: Yes. Uh, So uh, when we were originally talking about this, the story that popped in my mind was there was a time I had the grand idea of let's take the kids ministry volunteers zip lining. Um, And it was at Eagle Creek Park and nobody told me that like you had to do the high ropes First to get to said uh, zipline, and um, so going through that experience, um, I I shook the entire time. Like I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, there was a spot where you had to actually like swing into a net and then scurry up the net and get on this other platform, and I got stuck. Um, I was like, okay, I'm either going to fall and die, or you know, I've got to figure out how to climb this thing. Um, the volunteers that were there were very encouraging with their laughter. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I think during that whole thing, though, like I knew I had to get through it. There was no like get down and walk all the way back. Like I had my team with me, um, and I'm kind of that way with roller coasters too. Like there's just that peer pressure piece of like you just gotta you just gotta go. Um, so am I glad I did it? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't do it again, um, but it was, it was fun to get to hang out with my team and um, I survived, so what about you?
1: Yeah, mine just happened last month uh, at Adventure Camp, and <laughs> so uh, I knew going in, uh, they had convinced me to do this thing called Lost Sea Adventure, where it was caving down in the depths of the earth and uh, dark. It was beautiful. Can I just say that though? I loved every aspect of it until I'm about to tell you my experience. Um, But it was beautiful down there and everything. And so we got to the end of our tour and there was this place called the Eye of a Needle. And um, yeah. And so basically I wanted to do it with the students. So most of the time I didn't because uh, I wasn't uh, 100% with my body. And so I was trying to be careful with my shoulder and my back uh, going through things. And, but I w- I wanted to do it with them. And so I looked at the guide and I asked him some questions. He said, we're good to go. So I said, all right, I'm good to go. So I went through, you know, one of the things you'll learn in communication is know that you're saying the same thing. Um, cause we weren't. Um, and so he was like, yeah, it's a walkthrough. And I was like, okay, I can do a walkthrough. And then we get to this part where you have to go down through this hole. And he goes, this is the smallest thing you'll go through. And I was like, okay, I can handle that. So Mike Elliott graciously went down first, helped me shimmy through it, you know, protected my arm, my shoulder. And I was like, man, okay, I can do this. The rest is walking. If that's the smallest thing, I got this, right? And so then we got to the eye of the needle part which is not very big, and I'm not the tiniest human being, Uh, and so what happened in that moment is I'm watching everybody go through, and I'm watching people try to get through and figure this thing out, and I'll be honest with you, not my proudest mental moment, because all of a sudden, I let all these insecurities start seeping in. And all of a sudden, I started mentally struggling before I even actually got to the actual part of getting stuck. <laughs> but what didn't help me getting stuck was I was already mentally not ready for it, if I'm being honest. And I've been journaling a lot since adventure camp, just processing through things because that's what I do. you know. And I look back, and honestly, I'm a little disappointed because you know, that was the picture I gave the students and the leaders of me. Because what I did was I didn't learn how to make it through like everybody else did i mentally lost it and i ran like i couldn't run through the cave because that wasn't possible but i went the other way and i gave up and the guy took me the eye of the needle because going back the other way was actually 10 times harder and i actually told the guy leave me here to die tell my family i love them (laughs) and throw me some Twinkies once in a while Uh, (laughs) because I had to climb up this huge hill but here's the thing just like Jonah we're going to learn about today there's these triggers right in our lives that all of a sudden something happens we either make the choice about salvation and stuff it was literally you just got to get through the eye of the needle and enjoy the time with your, your your students and leaders Where Jonah is literally running the other way because he's avoiding what God wanted for him. And there's this tension we all face when we have these trigger moments of either we're making it a trigger moment or it becomes a trigger moment. It can be hatred, it can be anxiety, it can be insecurities, it can be a lot of things. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, we seem to think it's easier to go the other way. And just like most of us know in the story of Jonah that I learned in the caves, that we learn in life, most cases, if we're honest. It's actually harder going the other way. But for whatever reason, mentally, we seem to think going that other way is better or easier. And then we have to look back and go, man, I missed an opportunity.
0: Well, and I think, too, with that, um, there's this idea, especially when we're um, having this relationship with God, that we're somehow doing this like on our own and that we're walking this on our own. We, we know that God is with us, but um, there's an aspect of it that, um, that we forget about God actually being with us. And so that's going to be our big idea today um, as we dive into Jonah, is we can't just know about God. Um, we are actually called to live for and with God. Um, Those are the big pieces. We can know a lot about who God is, but if we're not letting him do life with us and we're not doing life for him, we actually miss the whole point. And we actually miss out on a lot of beautiful things um, by actually getting to walk with our Savior and walk with our Creator uh, that loves us so much. And so that's pretty much what we're going to be sitting and talking about today is how Jonah knew who God was, but he was trying to run away from him. And so um, let's pray and then we'll, we'll dive into what Scripture tells us today. So, Father, I just um, I just pray that we um, just give us wisdom and discernment as we're teaching this morning and um, as we're also learning about you. And, Lord, I pray that we would be a church that, that listens for you and listens to your voice and goes the places that you call us to go and that we go bravely because we're doing it with you and that everything that we do here is for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so last week, uh, Pastor Craig opened up our series, and he gave you all some homework. He said, bring your Bibles. So who brought your Bibles? Ooh, that's more. That's more this week. Very, very good. Okay. And then your second piece of homework was to read chapter one. Who read chapter one? Very good. All right. Okay. So those are important things, because as we're diving into Scripture, we should be doing this every week anyway, but it's just a helpful reminder, like... If you really want to know what's going on, you got to read for yourself. Um, So Craig last week shared a little bit about Jonah and his background. So he's a prophet. He has a relationship with God. He knows God's voice. He's aware of who God is. And God gives him this call. I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to tell them about me. And he refuses to go. He doesn't want to go. And it comes down to his own um, thought processes on Nineveh. Because Nineveh was a really bad place. It was not a place you wanted to go. Um, He did not believe these people deserved grace. He did not believe that these people deserved to hear about God because he knew if he shared God with them, God was going to save them. And he didn't believe that that was true. So he decides to hop on this ship, which is not just some little, uh, you know, little boat uh, with a sail. Like we're talking a, probably an international trading ship. There's a lot of supplies on there. It's a big ship, um, very experienced sailors. And he goes the complete opposite direction of where God tells him to go. And he's literally running from God and trying to run from his presence. And so he's on this ship and this big storm takes place and everybody's afraid if it scares these sailors. Um, Think about whatever trade you're in right now. what is the worst thing that could happen that would put you in a fearful position? That's what these guys were in. Um, they were afraid, and they didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen. And so they're on this boat, and they're trying to figure it out. They're praying to their gods because they're all uh, worshiping different gods, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. The storm is not stopping. They're throwing cargo overboard. They're trying to figure out what in the world um, is causing this storm. Um, And they believe that somebody on the boat, that there's somebody on the boat that has brought this storm upon them, that has angered the gods in some way, shape, or form. And so that's where Craig um, left us last week. And so uh, one of the things I saw you guys talking a lot about on Facebook was one of the um, sayings from last week was, uh, are you letting your sociology dictate your theology? And you guys were wrestling that out a lot on Facebook. Um, so basically, Craig challenged us with what are your belief systems that are causing you to actually run away from God and what God calls you to do because of what you believe about people? Is it their race? Is it their culture? Is it a different language? Is it their skin tone? Um, is it their you know poverty level? Whatever it might be. Um, their addiction might be different than your addiction. What are those things in you that you believe about those people that make it to where you feel they don't deserve to go hear about the life-saving message of Jesus? And so that's where we're leaving off as we're in the middle of the storm and our sailors are trying to figure out what's going on. So Lee, um, you want to start us with verse 7?
1: Yeah, if we want to open our Bibles to Jonah chapter 1, we're going to dive in this together. So let's read, starting in verse 7. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose evil account this evil has come to us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country, and what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. It's interesting how perspective changes things, right? So I was sharing how perspective changed for me when I had insecurities popping in. Well, here comes Jonah with the perspective of hatred towards a group of people and how it blinded him to what God really wanted for him and for others. And so we allow that sometimes in our life to come into play where we allow things to affect our perspective Of whatever God is asking of us. Sometimes it's not even evangelism. Sometimes it's not going somewhere to share Jesus. Sometimes it's just living the way he wants us to live. Or sometimes uh, it's asking us to move. Like Brandon brought up some of his team members. are moving faithfully because that's what God's asking them to do. There's different things in our lives that affect us. But our perspective is what changes the game. And so if we're focused on God and what he really wants, that's going to help us keep our perspective on where he wants us to go, whatever that looks like. But if we let our perspective go to the negative side, like Jonah and like I did, we know this, he's a prophet, so hopefully he knows who God is because God's speaking to him. But the other side is, he goes on to say this, I'm a Hebrew, but not just that, I fear the Lord. And one of the questions I want to ask Jonah someday is what does fear of the Lord look to you? Because we study the Bible, right, and we look at this idea of fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord means obedience. Fear of the Lord means doing what he's asking of us. So there's this weird tension, right, of not just us following him and going with him. It's the tension also of going, this is who I say God is, but it's not matching with his actions. I fear God, but I'm going to get on the boat. So where are we at with God and our head knowledge? Because head knowledge is good. We we need to know who God is and and who he is and what he wants for us. But, But then there's some point comes this part for us where we have to step into that and follow
0: When you go into the next couple of verses, so 11 through 16, then they said to him, it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as, you have, as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. So it's interesting, like as Lee was talking about, there's that fear of the Lord piece. Um, Jonah's telling them, well, just throw me overboard. He's obviously aware of God's character in the sense that he knows that he's the reason that this storm has taken place, that this storm is raging on because of his choice to disobey God, his disobedience. So the other piece in this too is the sailors are asking him this because um, they didn't know about his God. So the sailors... Are praying to their gods and trying to figure out what's going on and they they don't know what his God needs for the storm to cease and so they're like okay Jonah like this is your God we're talking about here what are we supposed to do he tells them to throw them over They don't want murder on their hands. So there's a way of doing things, right? They're like, we don't want to be in trouble by throwing you over. So they tried really, really hard to get back to land. They threw a lot over. They did everything that they could before they would even throw him over. But my question for Jonah, too, in this is like, he was at a spot where he was willing to just die, like as opposed to just doing what God was calling him to do. Like, what kind of spot was Jonah in? How much hatred did he have for these people? Put other people at risk to disobey God, to even be hurled into the sea. And he'd rather die than see these people know who God is. Like, that's kind of where we're at. Like, he, all these choices and how much hatred, that perspective that he has of these people, of actually not getting the opportunity to go there and share um, about God with them. And so they didn't know for sure what God was going to do to them. So they end up throwing him overboard and they try to get to shore, right? So he put other people at risk because of their disobedience, um, because of his disobedience. And so how often do we do that where we're not listening to God and we put other people, you know, in trouble or at risk or, you know, eternity at risk? You're not sharing, you know, God with them. God's going to use other people. But we have an opportunity to share God with people and God puts people on our path all the time. How often do we walk away from that calling to share the good news with people or to do a kind thing for somebody, um, especially when Holy Spirit lays that on your heart to help somebody in need? How often do we ignore that and actually put people in a tough position? Um, But it's really neat though that God actually redeems the whole situation. Not only does he, as we see in these next verses, does he save Jonah but he also saves the sailors as well and ultimately Nineveh at the end
1: so, so here's my big question though why didn't the dude jump
0: <laughs> yes uh that's very valid so he waits around and makes them he makes them do it he makes them do it jump in like if you know it's you like would you jump
1: <laughs> I hope maybe so. maybe
0: that's why he didn't jump <laughs>
1: I mean, I didn't go through the (laughs) eye of the needle, so I might not jump in a big ocean. (laughs)
0: That's true, too. But yeah, even that, like. And
1: then we have the big moment, right? Verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Mic drop. (laughs) Right? End of story. Not really. We'll learn that more next week. But And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. But here's the beauty of this text. So we get to this point where they finally stop trying to control the boat, the other guys. They finally own this fear of we don't want this on our conscience. And they take the opportunity to throw Jonah over. Jonah's like, uh, ah, in the water, whatever that looks like. <laughs> and then this big fish comes up and swallows him. The interesting thing about this, though, is I've heard a lot of people teach that it was a punishment for Jonah. And I don't know if it was as much of a punishment as it was to snatch him from drowning. Because if we're naming the truth, if God was done with him, he would have just let him go. Like, why take the time to tell this big fish to come and take care of this dude? Just let him go. But God still had a plan. God still wanted to work with him and in his life. And so in the grace and kindness of God, he brings this fish and says, I'm not done with you yet. There he goes in the belly. And the fish doesn't just stop and learn this more about this next week with Craig. But it takes him in the direction he was actually intended to go interesting thing too that I love about this story and and I don't want to ruin it for Craig when he gets in the belly is there's let's be honest like me journaling about a venture camp there's a lot of learning about yourself and about God when you take the time like who am I is this who I really want to be how can I keep growing how can I keep learning who is God I mean he has a picture of God but I'll tell you he probably has an even better picture of God in these next few days but here, I don't want to miss this opportunity though, because Jesus doesn't miss this opportunity in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. Jesus says this about himself. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fist, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Here's this beauty of God's mercy. Here's the beauty of That we can look at. And we know we need a real savior. And this is the beauty of Jesus. And I hope we have this graphic up there. Because I want you to see something. So Jonah runs away. Versus Jesus walks into. See Jonah. Goes in the belly of a fish. Because God still has a purpose. Even though he's running away. And in that. He goes back. And as we're going to know, if you already know or learn, the next few weeks, he's going to go talk to Nineveh. And Nineveh will be delivered. But it took all this to get there. And then here comes Jesus Christ on earth, goes to the scene of the Garden of Gethsemane. And he actually asks... God, will you take this from me? Father, will you take this from me? Knowing what he's being asked to do is go to the cross and go through all what he's about to go through. And his father said, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And the beauty about Jesus, he keeps the proper perspective. And he dies on the cross. And now anybody that knows him or wants to know him or has the chance to know him can now be delivered to. No question about it. But there is a difference when we have proper perspective either running away from God wants of us or walking into it. And what a beautiful moment and picture when we faithfully walk into it, even if we don't want to. So how do we look at this in our lives? How do we apply this to our own lives then? Well, first, we have to do the hard work of being aware and naming it. We have to name and be aware of what's going on in our lives. Like for me, I have to be aware. I have all these insecurities happening right now. Here's the insecurities. And now I I have to name them and say, these were insecurities. And I'm going to name how those actually affected me. And I'm going to name how that affected other people. And it's not what I want. And so how can I grow in this? And So whatever it is for you today with your example of Jonah, what is it? that you might be running away from or trying to run away from or trying to say no to God from. Can you be aware and name your doing? But the other parts are this. Once you name and are aware of it, my next part, my journaling phase, is to, to invite God in it. And God, will you meet me where I'm at? Because here's the, here's the part when we start naming it and aware of it. Guess who doesn't want us to do that? Satan. He doesn't want us to name where we're really at. Why? Because if we can't name it and be aware of it, we we can't go anywhere with it. And so we invite God with us to protect us. Take on Ephesians, the armor that he gives us from the Holy Spirit to protect our minds, our hearts, our souls... To say, yes, this was not a proud moment for me, but can you help me go any further with that? Can you protect me? Because now the evil one's going to sneak in and go, oh, he named this. Now I want to add all this other stuff to it. Because I'll tell you what, if you're like me at all, I'm a people pleaser. And I'm at a new church, and I want to make people happy. And I want to make people like me. And, and, and so there's this tension that Satan's trying to fight up against. And I need to invite God in it so he can help me mentally protect myself from myself. But then it doesn't stop there. There's these three parts. You name it. You're aware of it. You invite God into it with you. But then at some point, you have to give it to God. And say, you are the God, just like Jonah says, of the land and of the sea. You are the God who made everything. And I am going to give you this moment to you now. Help me grow. Help me walk forward. Help me follow you Help me, maybe even next time, to be more faithful. And I wonder what a church or churches would look like when we are all trying to figure out how do we name it and are aware of it? How do we invite God into it? And how do we give it to Him? I think there's going to be a beautiful, beautiful picture of a church, especially one that's all in to reaching students and kids and families and communities and those hurting, and all those things, because we're growing and we're learning every time how to maybe do that a little better the next time.
0: And I think, too, um, you know, as a church, there's a community aspect to this, and you know, we're seeing in the text today, there's also that individual aspect, right? It can be so easy sometimes for us when we're running this race, like scripture shows us a lot. You know, we, we just got done with Hebrews, um, where it talks about running with endurance and running your race, right? So there is an element of, we have to take responsibility for our race and you need to stay in your lane and keep your eyes focused on Jesus and keeping your perspective. It can be so easy to look to the left and to the right and like, oh, there's so much further along in their faith look how much more they read scripture than me their social media posts post so many more scriptures than i do they do bible artwork i can barely draw a stick figure um there's the element of like oh they can sing and they can you know like what brandon was talking about like oh the worship team like up here on stage yes they've got the musical capability but this would not be happening if it wasn't for the tech team being up there running everything right everybody has something that they can offer up to god and to serve other people. It's a matter of us getting uncomfortable and being willing to do the hard work to figure out what that is, and actually doing the work and using your time to do it. We're in a space now where, um, you know, with COVID-19 basically uh, isolated everybody. We all got comfortable in our homes. Um, We got comfortable, um, you know, living our lives for ourselves, protecting our families, which is rightly so. Like there was an element of like, we have to keep ourselves safe. But we lost that, that ability to be in community with one another. And um, Brad had talked about uh, earlier in COVID how it's kind of like that social apathy like where, or atrophy, where your um, muscles actually like, get weaker because you're not using them. Um, we're in a season right now where we're being in community with people. We're kind of in that atrophy phase where we're, we need each other. We need to be doing relationships with one another that's iron sharpening iron to actually figure out, like, what are your gifts and talents? If you don't know what they are, go and ask somebody. I guarantee you, if somebody's around you enough, they will be able to tell you what you're gifted at. It might be speaking. It might be teaching. Um, it, might just be, it might be being hospitable. Like, some of you guys are the most hospitable people that I know. You would open up your homes in a heartbeat for people that are in need. Um, maybe you're just extremely um, logistical. And there's elements of the church that needs that, where we have people that understand logistics. And so what I want to encourage you guys with today is to make sure that you've got your people around you that are actually helping you figure out who you are. And you need to be in groups. You need to be around one another. And maybe it needs to start off smaller, where it's, um, where, yeah, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. All right. Um, So maybe it is just figuring out who you need to have around you to help you figure these things out. Um, As a church, we've got small groups getting ready to come up. It's time for us to go to work. And we've been talking about all-in, and we've talked about the financial side of things, and we, and we want you involved in that because there is a piece of the financial piece to get some of these projects rolling um, and going that we need that assistance with. But we're at a spot now where it's, where it's, it's your time and it's your talents. And so we want to ask you as a church to start doing that heart work of like, okay, what has God put me here for? Why am I in this church, in this seat, in this community, in this home, in this job? You don't have to, like Craig was saying, you don't have to be a pastor to do ministry. You guys are all in charge of ministry in your own worlds. It could be with your grandkids. You could do some of the greatest ministry work with your grandkids by sharing Jesus with them. So what is it? And so that's kind of some of the hard work that we need to do is figure out, you know, what does this look like for you? How do you do life with God and invite him with you? Back to our main idea. Like we can know about God all day. You can do small groups. You can read scripture. But if you're actually not doing your life for him and making decisions to live for him and with him, because he wants to, he's a relational God. He wants to do this with you. If we're not doing those things, we're, we're missing a big chunk of our relationship with God, and we miss out on some beautiful things that he created you for, that he gave you, that he gifted you with. And so what are the things that God has gifted you with that you can participate, not only in your own small world, you know, with your home and your jobs, but also like in the greater community? How can we share Jesus with our community that's hurting and broken? You know, we say we're here to bring hope and healing to our community by sharing Jesus with others. How do we do that? And so that's us coming together and figuring those pieces out. And so next week, um, as we're diving into Jonah chapter two, um, we're going to be able to see like that heart work, kind of like what Lee was talking about with journaling. Maybe you need to do that heart work this week. What does that look like for you to spend some time journaling out and talking to God about the things that he has created you for? and my middle school and high schoolers that are in here, that's you too, right? You guys got school getting ready to start back up? We got elementary kids in here too? God's created you for a purpose and a reason. And you guys can ask God the same thing and he'll talk to you about it. And so as we go through the rest of the summer, um, make sure you guys are reading Jonah. Do it as a family, like sit together at the end of the night, ask each other questions. Uh, So next week, just make sure that you bring your Bibles and also read chapter two. And if you guys need help with figuring out some of this stuff, visit our website, InsideSCC.org. There's lots of ways for you to get involved. um, We're going to spend some time worshiping God together. And this is also an opportunity for you to take some time to do some heart work. Don't just leave here today and go, you know, do your plans. Take some time during this worship to have God talk to you about what it is that you can do uh, to be all in um, on your relationship with him and living for him and with him. So, Lee, you want to go ahead and pray us out?
1: Yeah. God, we do thank you for today. We thank you that we have this opportunity to gather and sing to you, learn from you, process with you. So, God, my prayer is for all of us that, God, we would take some time today, this week, to try to name and be aware of a way or some ways that we're trying to go the opposite way of what you're calling us to. And God, my prayer for each of us in that is when we take the time to do that, that we'll also learn how to practice, how to invite you in that, but also how to give it to you too. So God, just thankful for this opportunity to study together. Now as we sing to you, God, just help us worship you for all who you are and all you've done. In your name, amen.